0: Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God, and that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. We're continuing today our 2020 theme. We've been talking about this all year, about being solid. Everybody say solid. And we've been learning biblical foundations for strong disciples, and as we've said again and again and again, it's practicing God's Word makes me strong. Oh, let's try that again. Practicing God's Word makes me strong. Can we have some uh, choreography to that? Practicing God's Word makes me strong. That's the only move I know how to do. All right. Well, we've been learning this the whole year. We're going through all of the foundational, most important doctrines in the Bible that will make us strong disciples, strong followers of Jesus. And today, we're starting our our new series. And for the month of June, we're going to be learning all about discipleship and leadership, okay? And so the title of the, the June series is Follow Me. So I want you to turn to somebody and say, Follow Me. Turn to somebody else and say, Follow Me. Now tell them, no, not not me, not me, Jesus. (laughs) Follow Jesus, right? The title, follow me part one. The title of today's message is Rotten Underwear. Rotten Underwear. You say, why in the world would you preach a message called Rotten Underwear? Well, it may sound funny to you but I want you to open up your heart and mind and listen to what God is saying. Listen to God's heart. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 13, okay? I'm gonna start in verse one. Now, Jeremiah was a prophet in Israel when Israel and Judah had been invaded and had been exiled or were being exiled to Babylon because of their persistent idolatry, okay? they continued uh, again and again, no matter how much God showed himself to them, no matter how many chances God gave him, no matter how many prophets God sent to them to tell them to turn their hearts back to him, they continually turned their heart away from God and instead worshiped idols. And so God allowed their enemies, Assyria, Babylon, to invade them, conquer them, and then exile them, take them away as literally like slaves, okay? And so Jeremiah was a prophet in this time period, how would you like to be a prophet in that time period? Yes. It was a very dark time in Israel, okay? So let's go to Jeremiah 13. This is what the Lord said to me, to, to Jeremiah. He's speaking, okay? Go and buy a linen, a loincloth. Come on, somebody say underwear. underwear. That's what a loincloth is, by the way, in case you were wondering. It is a piece of clothing that covers the loins, Okay. So go and buy some linen chones. Everybody say chones. Chones. What is chones? That's Mexican slang for undies. All right. Go and buy some linen undies and put it on, but do not wash it. So I bought the undies as the Lord directed me, and I put it on. Then the Lord gave me another message. Take the linen underwear you're wearing and go to the Euphrates River. Hide it there in a hole in the rocks. First of all, he'd worn them. We don't know how long without washing them. And then he was instructed by Almighty God to take those undies off and then go put them in some rocks by a stinky, humid river. Are you getting the picture? And, and, and then it says, hide it there in a hole in the rocks. So I went and hid it by the Euphrates as the Lord had instructed me. Jeremiah, I just did what he was told. A long time afterward, not the next day, it says a long time afterward, the Lord said to me, are my prophets ready? I need my prophets ready, okay? The Lord said to me, Go back to the Euphrates. Alright, prophets, go. Go to your, your Euphrates. Go, go to the rocks by the Euphrates. And get the underwear I told you to hide there. Okay? Go get those stinking nasty underwear that you wore for a while and didn't and didn't um, didn't wash them. And then you you went and you hid them by the river under some rocks. Go. The Lord says, go, go and bring, oh, go and bring them back. Well, Kwame, would you like to take those home and use them? No? you no, you're good? How about you, Matt? Are those any good to you? Good oh, you need to repent like Israel did. Yvonne, <laughs> how about you wear those to work tomorrow? Is that okay, Sarah? Would these be okay? Are, are, are these worth anything to you? No? Why not? Because they're rotten and dirty. Don't worry, there's nothing else in here. Are you sure that they're not useful to you? You're positive? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who wants them? I promise it's just mud, okay. <laughs> Thank you, prophets. Let's give our prophet Jeremiah's a hand. Are these worth anything to anybody in here today? You want them, Chandra? Here you go. You can, oh, <laughs> I thought she was going to jump away. She actually tried to grab them. All right. <laughs> these any good? You want them, Athena? Marlaysia, you want them? sure Mr. Tim Vita back there one of our dear friends visiting us today you want these dirty chones? no anybody online want them free shipping (laughs) I better keep one pair I better keep one pair just in case they're worth something. So I went to the Euphrates River and dug it out of the hole where I had hidden it, but now it was rotting and falling apart. The loincloth, the underwear, was what? Good for nothing. It's good for nothing. Then I received this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. This shows how I will rot away the pride of Judah and Jerusalem. These wicked people refuse to listen. These wicked people refuse to listen. listen to me. They stubbornly follow their own desires and worship other gods. By the way, stubbornly following my own desires is worshiping another god. It's worshiping my own desires right they're stubborn they worship other gods they follow their own desires because they won't listen to me therefore they'll become like this underwear good for nothing as a loincloth or as underwear clings to a man's waist and a woman for that matter as well So I created, Lord, where did you come up with this analogy? So I created Judah and Israel to cling to me. I created Judah and Israel to what? Cling to me, says the Lord. They were to be my people, my pride, my glory, and honor honor to my name, but they would not. Listen to me. Wow. What an analogy. But listen, I want you to hear God's heart. Let's get over, I know we were being silly and funny there for a minute in the beginning, but I want, let's get over the silliness of this and get to the heart of what God is saying. God created, in this case, Old Testament, okay? God created... Let me just say it in general, and then we'll break it down. God created you to cling intimately to him. We were created by God to cling intimately to him. (laughs) As close and intimate as your underwear. And again, as silly And funny as that may sound ain't nothing closer to you than your underwear am i right or am i right i mean it's the closest thing clinging to your body your underwear right Uh, if you have a problem saying underwear in church call it a loincloth okay i don't know of anything closer than a person's undies and god is talking specifically to Judah and Israel, his special chosen people under the Old Covenant and the Old Testament. And we know that Judah, that Israel, represents under the New Covenant, the the, the New Testament church. It's the people of God. It's us. Say, that's me. So, he's made us If we could go back to the scripture there, the last verse, if you would there, the last verse, they were to be my people, my pride, my glory, and honor to my name, but they would not listen to me. You and I were created not only to cling intimately to be close to God, but we were created to live our lives in such a way that our lives would be an honor to the name of our God. We were created to be his pride and joy, to be his glory and to be his honor. But sin renders us rotten underwear. Sin renders you and renders me as good as rotten underwear. We become as worthless, useless, and good for nothing as rotten underwear when we don't listen. listen. When we fail to listen to God. Now, listening doesn't just happen. Listening is intentional. Listening and hearing are not the same thing. If you have ears that Function properly, you can hear, but that does not mean you are listening. Woo! How many times have I heard somebody say something, but I was not listening to what they were saying. I had no intention of even caring about what they were saying, much less doing what they were saying to do hearing and listening are very different in israel and judah in this case they had intentionally again and again and again they had purposely and intentionally not listened to god and instead they followed their own stubborn selfish desires and sin rendered them as worthless and useless and good for nothing as a pair of rotten chonis. I don't know about you, but when my undies begin to get holes and rot, I throw them in the trash. If I don't, Liz makes me. Sometimes they're extra comfy. You know, when they start getting, when they start, but when they start rotting and ripping apart, it's time to throw them away because they're useless. And sin renders us About as good as rotten underwear in fact the Bible says Isaiah 64 verse 6 says that even our best efforts at righteousness even our very best efforts to be good has anybody ever tried to just be good come on has anybody tried to just be a good person look at what Isaiah 64 says even our very best efforts it says we're all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Now, can you guys just bear with me a little bit on this one? I don't know how many of you know exactly what that, trend, that word means. But filthy rags is literally a reference to menstrual cloths. Rotten underwear. Menstrual cloths. That's about how good all of our goodness could ever amount to. But but I'm a good person. This good. This good. (laughs) This good. But I'm kind. I'm nice to people. I don't tell too many lies. When I do, it's, it's it's for the good of the situation when I have to tell a little lie, right? I don't say too many bad words. I, I don't I only occasionally put bad substances in my body that could hurt me. I only occasionally have bad attitudes and treat people ugly. Most of the time, I'm a really nice person. I'm really good. Look, I'm, this, is, this is the worst one of all. And this is what a lot of God's people are really good at. At least I'm not like him. That's as filthy and raggedy and rotten as we can get. Right, Mila? She is having this today. Sin... renders us about as valuable as rotten underwear listen that's why the gospel is so amazing the gospel is that god's love is so immense that he deemed rotten underwear worth Redeeming. The gospel is that even though we're this rotten and this good for nothing and this valuable because we follow our own selfish desires stubbornly all the time, we're, as far as God's purposes are concerned. It's amazing that the love, I can't do this, help me Jesus. It's amazing that God's love looked at this, me, you, and said, this is worth redeeming. Oh, it ain't hit some of you yet. Some of you are sitting there going, I ain't that bad. You wouldn't say it, but you're thinking it. You're feeling it on the inside. I know it's human. I'm really not that bad. God's love is so amazing that he has even paid the price for the rottenness we don't even know yet. We haven't even realized is rotten. We're all infected, it says in Isaiah sixty-four. In impure with sin, our efforts at good, goodness, at righteousness, are as good as rotten underwear. This is the gospel right here. Jesus changes rotten underwear into robes of righteousness. That's the power of the gospel. That's the power of the love of God. Luke chapter 15 tells a story that probably many of you have heard, but let me just give you a quick summary of it in case you've never heard it or in case you forgot. It's the story of the prodigal son who insist on his own selfish desires and his own selfish ways and he says you know what father I'm done with you I'm good I'm going to do things my own way I want to go and have my own life and and just I, I just want to go live my own life so the father go ahead goes ahead and gives him his inheritance and the son takes his father's money and then just goes out and wastes it he just goes out and wastes all of his money. He wastes his life. The, uh, some translation says he's wasted his money in prostitutes. He's wasted his money in wild parties and all this other stuff. And then we, we find out that after he's wasted everything, he ends up working with pigs. All right? Now, all come on. Somebody snort for me. All right. Just making sure you're still with me. All right. Uh, I know most of us probably think pigs, mm, pork chops, all right. But, but, but in the Jewish culture, when this was written, that was the lowest, dirtiest, most unacceptable thing to work in because it was considered unclean. And the, the Bible says that he had wasted his life so much, his money, money so much, that he came to the point where he was so hungry that he wanted the, the pig slop to eat because he didn't have any food. So imagine, stinky, dirty, probably muddy. I don't know if he just desired the pig food or if he ever got a mouthful of it. But the prodigal son decides one day, this is not life. (laughs) This is not where it's at. Doing my own thing is not a good thing. I'm going to go back. Come on, doing my own thing is not a good thing. Some of us need to have that realization. Some of us even that come to church week in and week out, we're still just doing our own thing. Thinking our own way. Insisting this is the way it ought to be. And the father never forces him to come home, but he waits. And when he finally says, when the prodigal son finally says, it's like he has this aha moment. Whoa, he was better back home with dad. I'm gonna go home and I'm not worthy to just, you know, to to go back home and be normal again to be his son. I'm just gonna beg he'll let me back in as a slave so I can at least be in his house, right? And this is what it says, okay? Here comes the prodigal son to his father and his son said to him verse 21 father i've sinned against both heaven and you and i'm no longer worthy of being called your son but his father said to the servants quick bring the finest robe bring him some new clothes obviously he needed some <laughs> the finest clothes the finest robe in the house and put it on him get him a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the love of of God as father, when we come home to him, when we come back to him, turns our rotten underwear into robes of righteousness. Somebody give God a shout for his love in this place today. Look at Revelation. Here's a picture of heaven. Revelation chapter 19. Let us be glad and rejoice and. Let us give honor to him for the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb and his bride has prepared herself. She's been given the finest of pure white linen to wear for the fine linen represents the righteous or good deeds of God's holy people. I'm starting to see some exclamation points go off over people's heads. We're getting it, right? That's the... the, Listen, I've often thought this and said it. The love of God is just too good to be true. Like when I read the Bible, when I read the gospel, and you read it from beginning to end, Genesis to Revelation, and you see how rotten we really are to the core. Even the goodest of the good, we're rotten We're absolutely rotten. If you push back what's on the surface, what's on the inside is a heart infected with sin and rebellion towards Almighty God, and it rots us to the very core. And God's love is so, it's just too good to be true that he would want to redeem somebody like me. And if you don't realize how rotten you are, you can't realize how good the love of God is. His love is too good to be true, but it's the biggest truth in all of the universe. Even if you don't believe his love is that big, his love is over you right now. He loves you. Even if you don't believe, many of you have been following Jesus for a long time. Others haven't been following Jesus for very long. Listen, those of you that barely just decided to follow Jesus, if one month ago you didn't necessarily believe God loved you that much, huh? He loved you. He loved you to the point where he got a hold of your rotten heart. I'm so glad he loved me to the point where he got a hold of my rotten heart. And y'all, I grew up in church, but I was still rotten on the inside. That's what sin does. But the love of God redeems the rotten. If you've never listened, let me just go here before i finish if you've never experienced god's love if you've never believed, if you've never received god's love for yourself you can today you can receive god's love today just believe and respond to him he wants to encounter you he wants to heal you he wants to set you free he doesn't want to just tell you he loves you he wants you to know his love for real he wants to take your life and give you a real purpose but you have to receive the love of God. Say yes to Jesus today. Say yes to the gospel today if you haven't yet. And if you, you said yes a long time ago, but today you're not following Jesus, you're backslidden, you're far from God, come back home today like the prodigal son did. Have that aha moment right now, I pray, Holy Spirit, for aha moments in this room, for aha moments to everybody watching and listening to this. It's better in God's house. It's better at home with the Father. He takes my rottenness and redeems me for a purpose. That's how much He loves you. Some Christians need to stop and remember how much God loves you. Just stop and remember where you came from. Stop and remember when you were walking around in that rotten underwear. Just take Even 30 seconds and remember who you were, what you were like on the inside before the love of God encountered you and delivered you and healed you. Thank you, Jesus. What in the world does this have anything to do with discipleship and leadership? Come on, say, follow me. Maybe we could call it rotten underwear discipleship. That's what we're going we're gonna to call our dis, uh, school of disciples. Rotten underwear. Just kidding. I just want you to think of something real quick. The folks that Jesus called to follow him. And get this. Literally. After just three short years of being with him, Literally. He was going to turn his entire ministry over to them. Literally. After three years of walking around with these rotten people, he was going to turn the entire ministry of his kingdom over to them to take it to the rest of the world. Listen, these guys and girls were rotten. The folks Jesus called when he called them, so many of them were so rotten. Anybody remember? let, Let me just give you a few examples. It's amazing that these people were used to multiply the kingdom of God around the world. And now billions of people have believed in Jesus because of the ministry he gave them, and they multiplied it. Just a few, okay? Let's see who knows. Who was a corrupt tax collector whom almost everybody hated? Matthew, right? He even wrote a gospel. (sighs) There were a couple of hotheads nicknamed the Sons of Thunder. Who were they? James and John, that's right. James and John. Sons of Thunder was not necessarily a nice nickname. <laughs> they were called that because they were hotheads. They had a bad temper. They were probably full of anger at first. How about this exceedingly, se- he self-described himself. He self-described himself. He described himself as exceedingly sinful. In fact, when he saw Jesus do one of his first miracles, he said, get away from me. I'm too sinful for you to even be in the boat with me. Simon Peter, right? Peter, selfish, loud-mouthed, had his own agenda. Peter, he was rotten. How about a lady out of whom Jesus drove seven demons who had been a prostitute. Mary Magdalene, one of Jesus' biggest disciples and supporters. The list goes on and on. We could just keep going. One of my favorite stories is when Jesus invites Zacchaeus to follow him. Whew, not a good guy. (laughs) He was rotten. I was rotten. And rather you've realized it or not, you were rotten. Rotten to the core. But here's the amazing thing about the gospel the rotten became righteous when they followed Jesus. The rotten became righteous when they followed Jesus. We could say that and apply it to us. The rotten become righteous when we follow Jesus. Now turn to somebody and say, Follow him. Because there's no way, (laughs) there's no way to fix your own rottenness. The only way to become righteous is to follow the righteous one. The rotten become righteous when we follow Jesus. And these once rotten turned righteous disciples. When they followed him, just a few short years later, they turned their whole world upside down with the love of God. They became a standard of righteousness and purity and justice in their culture and in their nations. Just a few years later, after they followed Jesus, and today, still today, we once rotten once rotten, turned righteous followers of Jesus, we're still spreading the love to the whole world. We're still spreading his kingdom and establishing his kingdom. That, to me, is amazing grace. (laughs) It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're from, what your background is, what your past is, what you did and nobody else knows about it. It doesn't matter. Even your deepest, darkest, most rotten secrets. He deemed you worth redeeming he deemed you worth redeeming and not only that it doesn't matter how much you've messed up listen I want all of us to just grab a hold of this today he invites you to follow him oh well that's just something we say at church we don't get the privilege in it I, I really encourage you, if you haven't watched, again, I say this every Sunday for the past three weeks, watch The Chosen. Watch The Chosen, the new miniseries about Jesus. When Jesus said, come follow me, it wasn't just come follow me and like follow, make a line behind Jesus and just follow him. No, literally, okay, we think of follow me as just walking past, you know, walking behind somebody. No, 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 literally he said, come help me. Like, come help me with my ministry. The 12 disciples and Mary Magdalene and a few others, they literally, they were his helpers. They, they, were, his, they were his staff. <laughs> they were his leaders. They were his ministry team. So when Je- you've got to understand, when Jesus says, follow me, he's not just saying, follow behind, fall in line. <laughs> he's saying, I believe you can come help me. You can come help me with this ministry of redeeming the whole world. You can come help me multiply the kingdom of God to your na- to your city, to your nation and to all nations of the earth. Following Jesus is a way bigger privilege than sometimes we understand. He invites you to be his disciple, the perfectly righteous one. Invited me, a rotten teenager. To follow him. I'd heard about him. I'd been in church since I was a kid. But like I said, yeah, not good in here. And he invited me just like I was. Come on, let's do this. And when I began to follow him for real with my whole heart, everything changed on the inside. And my whole life, my my behavior changed on the outside too. Because that's how it happens. When you begin to follow Jesus, there's a a supernatural change that happens in the heart. And then it changes everything about your life. Because when we're rotten, when the rotten follow Jesus, they become righteous. He is inviting you. Now, I want to really, I'm I'm almost to the end here. I really want to make a really clear point to everybody in the room, everybody watching, everybody who's ever going to hear this, okay? The heart of our mission at Encounter Church is to help you follow Jesus. That's the heart of it all. You know, we always talk about helping people encounter God. It's our slogan. Everything we do at Encounter Church is about helping people encounter God, have a real experience with God. And we we always are talking about reach, disciple, revive. There it is on the wall. You see it all the time. You hear it all the time. Right in the middle is the word disciple because it is our heart. Listen, listen, the first thing on our heart isn't to just get you help us, I don't know, get you, get, get you to help us fulfill our agenda. That's not what it is. The first thing on our heart, I can tell you as your pastor, the first thing on my heart isn't to get you to just, I don't know, buy into our vision at large. That's not, that's not the first thing. No. I hope you'll learn and buy into the vision and help us fulfill the vision of our church. yes. our goal is not to make carbon copies of one another. Good Lord, please no! (laughs) one of you is enough. (laughs) One of me is more than enough. Our heart is not to control you and tell you how to live your life. We want to help you follow Jesus. That's why we teach the word of God. That's why we pray. That's why we fast. That's why we have small groups and discipleship classes and encounter retreats. That's why we that's why we live our lives as leaders up to certain standards because we want to be an example for you to be able to follow Jesus. If at the end of the story, you didn't like our praise and worship team, but you followed Jesus. Praise the Lord, the mission was fulfilled. If you didn't like this loud mouth white boy who screams at you every Sunday, that's okay, I don't need you to like me, I like myself. I'm loved by God. And Liz likes me, so we're good and my mom and dad like me and you know like I feel pretty loved. There's a lot of things I want for you guys. Here in my heart is your pastor. There's so many things I want, I desire. I want to see in your lives. But there's only one thing. It's the first thing that really matters. I want to see you successfully follow Jesus Christ. It's our goal. So, back to the dirty underwear to wrap this up. We're going to go back to Jeremiah 13. All this discipleship talk. So, what do disciples actually do? If we're all about making disciples, if the whole thing is to get you and help you to follow Jesus, what does a disciple actually do? Well, they do, disciples do, everything they weren't doing in Jeremiah 13. They do the opposite. Let me just give them to you real quick. Disciples listen to Jesus. Disciples cling to Jesus. And disciples honor Jesus. Number one, disciples listen to Jesus. Once again, this is is more than just hearing. Disciples take Jesus' words, the word of God, and look at it like, your wish is my command. Disciples don't just hear and consider the words of Jesus. Disciples listen with the intention of obeying the words of Jesus the intention of obedience is what makes hearing different than listening the people of Judah and Israel and Jeremiah 13 oh they heard they heard the word they just didn't listen to God all right it's okay all eyes up here we good Jeremiah the people of God they heard they heard the messages they heard the word they just had no intention of obeying disciples of Jesus listen instead of insisting on their own ways their own thoughts their own stubborn desires we listen and obey Jesus said in John chapter 8 you're truly my disciples when you obey me when you obey me disciples cling to Jesus and listen this is so important disciples of Jesus hold on tight to him and for no one and nothing do they ever let go we cling to him nobody can convince me otherwise true disciples don't allow anyone's opinion anything any way the world is drifting even any own personal wrong desire true disciples don't allow anything to cause us to let go of him true disciples cling we hold on tight for dear life because he is dear life and finally disciples honor jesus and this is more of a result than an action if i live my life to listen to him and obey and I cling to him and don't ever let go, my life will honor Jesus. A life that brings honor to his name. Disciples listen, disciples cling, and disciples honor Jesus. I don't know today what point in your life you find yourself. But it's good to be honest. Some of you know you've been rotten. (laughs) Some of you have been following Jesus for a while and it's been a while since you thought about what you used to be where He brought you out of how about this one where you would be right now <laughs> if not for I'd still be hidden behind those nasty rocks by the river rotting myself away you need Jesus today I need Jesus today. The rotten become righteous when they follow Jesus. Would you mind, just for a moment, I want to ask you if you'd bow your head and close your eyes. There's nothing magical about closing your eyes or bowing your head. it does help take a honest look on the inside of your heart today be honest have you truly made the decision to follow Jesus and then followed through with the decision to follow Jesus. Have you truly received Jesus as your Lord and been born again and are now following him? Or do you need to make that decision and that move today? Listen, the amazing thing is When I come to Him and realize I can't fix myself, I can't fix my own rottenness, I need a Savior, I need a Redeemer, as soon as you turn your heart to Him, He redeems your rotten heart. He redeems a hard heart and turns it into a soft heart. He redeems a rotten heart and turns it into a righteous heart. He takes a contaminated heart and He gives you a new pure heart. He'll give you a brand new life. But you must make the decision to follow Jesus. Right now, if you've never made that decision or One of these two things, if you've never made the decision and today you want to receive Jesus as your Lord, you want to be born again, you want to make the decision to follow Jesus or you have in the past made that, that, that decision or you've been a believer, but you have not truly been following Jesus. You've been backslidden. Your heart is truly far from God. And today you want to come back home like the prodigal son. Let me tell you, whether it's your first time receiving Jesus or you've been backslidden or coming home, he's gonna dress you with robes of righteousness today. If you'll just come to him, if you'll just turn away from your sin, you'll turn your heart over to him, the father. In his immense love, he will give you a new life. He'll wash you clean. He'll welcome you home. If that's anybody, right now, one way, again, every head bow, every eye closed, because this is something you have to decide on your own. If that's you, whether it's the first time or you've been backslidden and you need to come home, I want you to just pop your hand up really quick, because I want to know, I'm going to pray for everybody in a minute, but I want to know specifically who we're praying for, okay? Who else says, that's me? Whether it's the first time you need to be born again, or you've been backslidden and you need to come home, pop your hand up, just real quick, you can put it up and down. I just want to know who you are, Okay we all stand to our feet. Let's all pray this together in support of those who are making this decision today. Come and let's pray. Father, come and let's lift it up. Father, I believe you love me. You love me so much that you came for me. You sent Jesus to rescue me from under that rotten rock, from in that hole. Jesus, you took my rottenness upon yourself to redeem me to clothe me in robes of righteousness today I turn away from my sin I turn my heart to you wash me clean today I want to be born again today I come home to the Father and I am changed Jesus come on this is for all of us Jesus I have decided to follow you I will listen I will cling and my life will honor you in Jesus name amen